0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome, Shom Today is the fifth day of Av. Today is the yard site of Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, the Arizal. So it's a day of interest to a lot of people. So let's speak a little bit about the Ari, and perhaps the connection to Tisha B'av. You know, "Dvarim G'daylam Einim V'mikra, great things that are never coincidental. It's very interesting that many of the Mikubalim's yardside are around this time of the year. So, Rabshamshin Shamshin Meyashtrapoli, his yardside is the third day of Av. The Ramami Pano, Menachem Mazaria of Pano, who is one of the great Italian Mikubalim, his yardside is on the fourth day of Av. By the way, the Ramami Pano has a little bit of a different tradition of Kabbalah than Rab Chaim Vital. Rab Chaim Vital's tradition of Kabbalah was from the Ari. Actually, the Arizal told Reb Chaim Vital that you're the only one who is allowed to record my teachings and transmit my teachings. So the question is, the Ramami Pano teaches many things that Reb Chaim Vital doesn't teach. So who authorized? It seems like the Ramami Pano's teachings are somewhat unauthorized because Reb Chaim Vital was given the official uh, approbation from the Ari. You're my continuity, you can give over my teachings and nobody else is allowed to. The Ramami Pano teaches certain areas of Kabbalah, it's called Ak, Aleph Kuf, um, Ayin Kuf, Oilam Kadmoin. So there's a big question that um, even Rosh Hashivas deal with. Who authorized the Ramami Pano to give this over? Rav Hutner once wrote a, a letter, the Ramami Pano, aside from writing on Kabbalah, the Ramami Pano wrote a commentary on the riff. It happens to be, I was just at the Rift's Kevar in, uh, Spain, in Lucia, Luciana, in Spain. So the Ramami Pano wrote a, a commentary on the Rift. Rav Hutner wrote a Haskama, the Ramami Pano's commentary on the Rift. So Rav Hutner deals with this question, you know, like who authorized Ramami Pano to give over from the Ari, when the Ari only authorized Rav Chaim Vital. So Rav Hutner says a very important Chiddush, that before Reb Chaim Vital ever went to learn from the Ari, the Ari had a student. In other words, before the Arizal gathered the Talmidim in Tzvas, the Ari had one student. His name was Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. Rabbi Yisrael Saruk was grandfathered in before Reb Chaim Vital ever sat before the Ari. The Ramami Panu was a student of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. So, in other words. Rabbi Sozseruk was grandfathered in before the Ari said to Rav Chaim Vital, "I'm teaching you, and you're the only one who's authorized to give over." Anyone who he taught before was grandfathered in, so Rabbi Sozseruk was grandfathered in, and therefore that branch of Kabbalah through Ramam Ipano was like was already grandfathered in. And then after that, whatever the Ari taught after that, that's only Rav Chaim Vital, and nobody else is allowed to give over. That's the chiddush of Rav Hutner. Okay, so today is the yard side of the Ari. That Rizal was born in Resh Sadi Dalad. Now, it's Kedai to come just to learn this. What year is Resh Sadi Dalad? So there's an important formula you should know to translate a Jewish date to a secular date. Okay? It's very simple. You add the year 1240. So Reish Sadi Dalad is 294. So 1240 plus 294 is. 1534. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a very good idea to have. You add 1240 to the Jewish date, you get the secular date. The question is, the Ari, they once asked the Ari, why don't you write? You know that the Arizal wrote nothing. We don't have anything in writing from the Arizal. The Arizal says it's impossible for him to, to write. It's not within the Mitzias for him to write. Because every time he starts to teach, the wellsprings of wisdom open up so wide, wide, wide that it's like a a tornado, it's like a tsunami. So it's impossible for him to confine what he wants to teach to writing. It's just not possible. And he has to seal everything up and it's very difficult for him to open up one Pesach. That's what Ari said. Um. I want to share with you some uh, teachings of the Rizal. First of all, how did the Ari reveal all these secrets? I mean, there are great people before him, there are great people after him. And all of a sudden, in the year 1534, you know that Rizal lived uh, under 40 years old. Well, that's 39 or something like that. Anybody know? How, many, how long did he teach Shubhaim Vital? The whole era of the Ari... In Svas, was what? Two years. Sister. Two years. It's, it's uh, I believe, one year and ten months. That's the whole, you know, the whole career of the Ari in Svas. So, where did he get all this information from? So, there's one, there's an amazing Chida I once saw. Chida is in the Midbar Khiday The Chida says, the Chida, she says, Pshitali, says it's obvious. Hari ha yenitar para. That all had the ashes of the paraduma. I think in the Shomron now, uh, I think last week, a paraduma was born. You know about this? It was in the news. A fully red hi- heifer was born. They're expecting at least one million visitors in the Shomron for this red cow. It was brought in. It was brought in? It was brought in. What, it's in the five towns now? No, no, it's brought into the Shomron. It's, there. it's brought in? Yes. Uh, where was it br- imported from? America, uh, United States. Oh yeah? All I know is that, um, you know, the drink Red Bull... <laughs> the, the owner, the, the CEO of Red Bull passed away on Shabbos Parshas Parah. <laughs> so, so I know his yard site. Anyway, so the Chidah the, the, um, teaches that, that there's no question in his mind, the ashes of the Para Aduma that Rizal had access to, where did he get it from? Elio Anavi brought it to him. And through that, tremendous Ruch HaKodesh rested on him. Says the Chida, who told this to me? Listen to this Lashen. cost of I never saw a Remes. It's not like a, I saw this in a sefer. shamati, nobody ever told this to me. Li my heart tells me, that the Arizal kept this very, very quiet, that he purified himself from the ashes of the Paraduma. That's very interesting. That's where the Arizal got his Kedushim. By the way, the Chida goes on to say, that, you know, we never think of this. The Chidah is sort of troubled. How is it that in uh, the times of the Gemara, they're on such a high level, and we, you know, we break our head to understand one line in a Taisvis what's like the Iker, Nakuda, of why we've been downgraded so much? The Chidah says it's because we're Tame Mace. You know, who, who even thinks that? Who even, it doesn't even enter our mind that the fact that we're Tame Mace has any effect on us, but apparently it does downgrade our ability. <laughs> To understand the Torah, which may be the connection between Paraduma and Zoisha Torah Adam ki yamas In other words, there is some kind of spiritual impediment that Tomas Meis poses to us, and that Arizal had access to the ashes of the Paraduma. Now, this is a good story and it's a bad story because you hear the story. Okay, it's not relevant. It's not relevant to me, but you have to understand. Ooh, <laughs> Why was the Arizal Zoyche to have the ashes of the Paraduma? You know, what did he do that he was Zoyche to have the ashes of the Paraduma? So it's very interesting, there's actually a Mishnaburah. The Mishnaburah in Hilchois Sukkos. Mishnaburah is bothered. What did the Arizal do that he was Zoyche to reach such high levels? And the Arizal says, by Hilchois Simchas Taira, that the Madregois and the Milois of the Ari came from Simcha Shel Mitzvah. Yeah, it's a Mishin Bura. says the highest levels that the Arizal reached were through Simcha Shel Mitzvah. It's, it's, um, Hassam writes that when a person does a Mitzvah, and you do it by simcha, you get more schar for the simcha that you have doing the mitzvah than even the mitzvah itself. So the Arizal reached very high levels through simcha Shomitzvah. mitzvah. brings, in the name of Chaim Vital in the Shara Kavanais, that the Arizal reached his Madregois by making Berchas Hanehenen. By making in Hanehenen Kavana, he was able to sift out whatever, um, whatever impurities are in the food, and that result reached very high levels by making Berchas Hanehenin Bekavana. Actually, I just saw a Lashon. Um, can you get on that, on that shelf over there? First shelf, there's a Sefer of <mary> etzbah. Ba'etzvah. Chida writes also, Chida writes a Lashon, that during Achila, a person could either downgrade himself, it's a black Sefer, like middle shelf, left bookcase. Near the door. Near the door. That, that, the Chidah says the Lashon That uh, by Achila Achila could cause a person The great, greatest elevation Or vice versa The greatest downgrade Not there? Only on the right Okay So th- those are some uh, ideas about the Ari. So it's interesting How did the Ari reach his Madragos? Either through Simcha Shal Mitzvah Or through Birchas Hanahenen Okay. So there was a guy who was having uh, rheumatitis in his shoulder. Yeah? He was having rotator's cup. He couldn't understand what, what it was. He thought maybe he just pitched a knuckleball, he pitched a curveball. He was having a lot of pain in his shoulder. So he came before that Rizal. And uh, that Rizal says, you know, what's bothering you? He says, I'm having shoulder pain. So Rizal looked him in the face he says it's because you're mafzik between mayim achroinim and berchas hamazon. He said, "I'm not mafzik. I don't talk out. Yeah. No, you're learning mishnayis. You cannot interrupt between mayim achroinim and benching. You know, many people are makved on shir hamalos, but you cannot say shir between mayim achroinim and berchas hamazon. First, if you want to say shir hamalos, say shir Then mayim achroinim, and then berchas hamazon." Says, uh, so the guy said, Ari, how did you know that the reason I'm having shoulder pain is because I'm mafsick by learning mishnayos between Maimachroinim and Berch samazan? He says the Gemara Bracha says daf take membeis. Takeoff. Lenatila Bracha. Takeoff. So if you rearrange the word takeoff, you get kasef, You get shoulder. So I figured if you're not doing takeoff right, your shoulder's gonna hurt. So you know, that's what we're dealing with. Now, don't try this at home. Don't go and get to a guy today. If, a guy t- if you go to a guy today and he looks you in the eye and uh, he says, oh, you do this, X, Y, and Z, you got the wrong guy. First of all, if he's taking money, you for sure got the wrong guy. I personally, somebody once schlepped me to somebody and the guy asked me, I, I don't, I don't, I, I am uh, morally opposed, but somebody once brought me somewhere against my will. The guy asked me, he looks at me. He asks me, the one thing that I do do, the one thing that I'm Akbar on, he's says, are, are, you, are you Zahir in this? Though he asked me, that was the one thing I happened to be Zahir, very Zahir in. So that, that's, I lost, um, anyway. But that's what Darizal that had that capability. Once we're on the topic, Rab Chaim Vital writes that Dariz said that the art of, I think it's called in English, physi, physiognomy, of reading lines in the hand, is lost. The Ari says it's gone. He's the last person who knows it. That's also nothing. You go to a guy, if he's reading your hand, so then uh, that's another sure way to tell that he's uh, he's working for the dark side. So um, anyway, that's that's what the Arizal says. Okay. The Ari told his Talmidim that... Um, He's about to leave the world and they shouldn't worry and they shouldn't be upset because if they ever have a problem He's going to come and explain things to them either Beha or Bechaloin or in some kind of way the Ariz said, don't worry, I'll be back. So the question is what what did the Arizal mean? So many Sfarim bring from the uh, will, the ethical will of Reb Chaim Falaji. Reb Chaim Falaji says that the Reb Shalom Sharabi, the Rashash, was the Gilgal of the Arizal. And therefore, what the Arizal meant is anything that he doesn't explain, you can look in the form of the Rashash, and the Rashash will explain. I'll read to you Reb Chaim Falaji. He says, He named Lagado <laughs> Batairo va Chasidus from of the Kabbalah Harashash Asher olav amru about the Rashash it said ki hahaftakha shifti akhravinu ari le tamidov she omer lahem im tisku alayhem pamachares what that is meant that if your zakhar come another time what that means is balahem <laughs> rabenu ari begogol harashash that the rezoel came as the gogol of rob shalom sharabi by the way, if you look in the Sefer Chakal yitzchak of uh, the Spinka Rebbe, he brings this down as well, that uh, Arizal was Nesgalgal as Rav Sharabi. Sharabi. By the way, and who was the Ari Yagol of? Isaac's going to say what? Betsalel ben Uri ben Chor. The Bnei Saskar <Yisoschar> brings Betzalel, Betzal kel, ben Uri ben Chor. He was Nesgalgal as the Ari, and the Arizal was Nesgalgal as the Rashash just in case you wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if you didn't know that. Okay, I want to share with you two more things. Um, uh, the last thing will be on the Mar Moist, something uh, very important to take with us in our times. You know, I was always wondering, you know, the Chastam Sofer writes in Teir Asmosha that in, I believe, 1838, there was a, there was a great ir- um, earthquake in Smas that leveled the whole city. <coughs> right? And the question is, why, why did it happen? And Chassam Soifer, uh, he writes this in Taurus Moshe and in other places, that the reason for this earthquake is it was the jealousy of Yerushalayim. Here it is, since the time of the Ari, everyone went to the city of Tzfas, the Ariza, Rab Chaim Vital, Rabbi Moshe Cordovero, Rabbi Moshe Alshech, Rab Shalim al um the Sefer Charedim, who was Rabbi Lezer Azkiri, they all go to Tzfas. And even the students of the Chassam Soifer himself, the Chassam Soifer had a student, Rav Amram, he writes about this in his Tshuva. And Rav Amram lands in Akko. And Rav Amram says to the Chassam Soifer, oh, should I go to Tzvash, I go to Tzvah? And the Chassam Soifer says, you know, you have to give a person the answer they're looking for. I could tell he wanted to go to Tzvash. I knew he didn't want to go to Yerushalayim. Maybe he won't even listen to me if I would tell him to go to Yerushalayim. So I told him, yeah, because don't they hate, go to Tzvah. But he didn't ask the question right. He didn't ask Rebbe, what sh- I- I'm-, I'm unbiased over here. What should I do? You know, a lot of times people go to a Rav and they get answer A and they go around and say, Yeah, the Rav told me I could do it. No. The way you ask the question, you could do it because you didn't want to hear the real answer. You know, you could have two people, they ask the same Shaila, they get different answers. It depends how you ask it. You know, people say, um, Yeah, it's mutter to do this. How do you know? Rabbi so-and-so said, Did you ask him? No, I overheard him tell someone else. That's very good. He told someone else that he's allowed to. It doesn't mean he told you you're allowed to. Anyway, um, so I was always wondering, why didn't the Arizal go to Yushalayim? So I thought it was for uh, practical reasons. I don't think Jews were allowed to live in Yushalayim during that time, during, in the 16th century. Last night I found in the in the of Shmuel, he brings... Um, a parasha Shalach. He says, "Isa Besvarim. We find in the books, Sheharizal b'keishlelech Yerushalayim. The Harizal wanted to go to Yerushalayim. Ve'omar lo'y samachmem, Al t'avor The Samachmem says, Don't challenge me. Don't. You don't want to challenge me on this one. I'll kill you. Pen b'achher ve'itzay l'k'vasecha. Ve'nimna v'lo'yhalach. And therefore the Harizal didn't go. So says the Hashem Yishma, What's the p'shahat? He says, Yushalayim is like the panemius of a pre. It's like the innards, the inside of a fruit. And in the Golos, the Samachmem encircles Yushalayim like a shell. And you can't go there until you bypass him. And if the Ariza would have gone there, Haya <speaking in> Machniyay. <Spanish> Sounds like the Ariza would have been able to destroy the Samachmem. For whatever reason, the Ariza was not allowed to go to Yushalayim. By the way, you know that the, the Vilna also tried to go to Eretz Yisrael. And um, he set out. If you look in the Hakdama, the Bira HaGroh, the, the children of the Gro say that Min hashamayim They didn't allow the Grah to go to Eretz Yisrael. Heaven didn't let. By the way, the Baal Shem Tov tried to go to Eretz Yisrael. He, he traveled to Eretz Yisrael from the Ukraine via Turkey. He stopped off at the Kever of... The Smichas Chachamim, uh, Rav Naftali Katz. And Rav Naftali Katz said, don't go. And then he, headed, he went back. That's why many Hasidim, they go to Turkey, to the kever of Rav Naftali Katz, because this Makoim is a pivotal Makoim in Hasidus. Because if not for him, you know, he would have gone to so Maybe there wouldn't have been Hasidus. So they value this kever very much. There was some kind of communication between Rav Naftali Katz and um, and the Baal Shem Tov. The bottom line is, if you could make it to Israel today, that's a big deal. Because there are very big people who we're not allowed to go there. The Ari could not make it to Yishalayim. They didn't allow the Arizal to go to Shalayim. They didn't let the Vilna go into Eretz Yisrael. The Chafetz Chaim as well was on his way to Eretz Yisrael. He didn't just make plans, he was on his way to Eretz Yisrael. The Nitziv, you know when Velazhen closed down, the Nitziv traveled from Velazhen He was going to Eretz Yisrael. Where did he stop off? Warsaw. He died in Warsaw suddenly. I think he had a stroke. He's buried next to Reb Chaim in Warsaw. So if you could make it to Eretz Yisrael today, this is, uh, it's unbelievable, you know. You know, they say this joke about, um, you know, these, uh, without getting into detail, about, you know, some people that go to Eretz Yisrael, they're so inspired. It's, it's so amazing to be in the land, walking in the footsteps of Moshe Rabbeinu in the Holy Land. You know, obviously it's a joke because Moshe Rabbeinu never made it there, right? But uh, you see that it's a very big close to be able to, to make it to Eretz Israel. So I want to bring out two Nekudas. Number one, the Chatham Ch- 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 Soifer says the reason for the earthquake of 1838 was it was the jealousy of Yushalayim. Everyone was paying attention to Tzvas, and Yerushalayim was like a jealous co-wife, like a tsara. Shlaim said, hey, why don't you pay attention to me? Why are you giving so much attention to Tzvas?" Jerusalem leveled the city of Tzvas. <laughs> so from here we see a very important principle: Yerushalayim is an, a living entity. She wants you. She wants you. She's saying, "When are you coming back? When are you going to visit me? When are you going to move here?" Yushalayim, it's not, a, it's not just like a static place. It's not a dead place. It's not dirt. It's a living entity. She's jealous. She has feelings. She has emotions. Yushalayim has emotions. Okay, let's end off with one, uh, one statement of Rav Chaim Vital. This is from Reb Yosef, wrote a parish on Perkei Avos. It's called Anaf Eitz Avais. And he quotes in his introduction A comment of the Arizal Neshar HaGol Take a look, you have the sheet on page A This is the Sefer Arnaf Eitz Avais Of Rabbi Vady Yosef By the way, so I want to give you the background of this comment The Arizal would constantly tell Rabbi Chaim Vital You don't understand how great you are You don't understand the sanctity of your Neshama You don't understand how elevated you are so Reb Chaim Vital says, oh, "Come on, what are you? What are you talking about? I'm I'm elevated. I don't even come close to the earlier generations." The Arizal will say, "Yeah, you're right. You're nothing, but you're even greater than the Tanaim." So Reb Chaim Vital says, "How could I be greater than the Tanoim? So here's the line: The Ari told Reb Chaim One small act of learning Torah. And performing mitzvahs in these generations, kineged, kama, mitzvah is the equivalency of many great deeds of the earlier generations. One black Gemara today is maybe in the times of the Rajva like an entire Missahta. A few lines of Gemara today was like learning. Who knows how much in earlier generations? Why says Arizal? Saela Hasitra akhra Maoid? Because in our generation the forces of impurity are out of control. Hameat A little bit is very valuable. Isn't that a beautiful idea? Now let's just imagine for a moment. What exactly is Ariz saying that in the times in his times? The forces of impurity are out of control. Like, what exactly was going on in Svas? What, ex- what exactly is this big Yitzhahara in Svas? You know, w- w- just imagine, the Yitzhahara. There are no, no smartphones. There's no politics. There's no technology. I mean, what, what, the Tzniyas was probably pretty good. And yet, relative to earlier generations, the Sitra akhra was so powerful that a small act in the time of the Arizal was greater than the greatest mitzvahs of earlier generations. He means even in the times of Tanoim. So I want to know, what do you think the Arizal would say in 2023? If the forces of impurity were out of control in, two, in uh, 500 years ago, what would the Arizal say if a person pulls himself away from the temptations of the times and is able to say, you know what? Today, I'm off today, I'm going to spend a half hour, I'm going to spend 20 minutes, I'm going to come to shul early, I'm going to stay late, I'm going to learn a few mishnayos. I'm going to learn an oman of Gemara, I'm going to learn a few minutes of Musar. What would that Rizal say? Maybe he would say it's greater than an action of a, a Navi, I don't know. You know, um, I once saw the same idea in the writings of Rabbi Rucham Levavitz. He says, we don't like to say this, but it could be that someone who studies a Rishayin, because of the temptations of the time he may even be greater in the eyes of Hashem than the words of the Rishon that he's learning Rabbi Rocham says we don't like to talk about it too much because maybe we're going to become arrogant or maybe you know, we're going to co- take this as a cop out yeah, I'll, I'll learn one word I'm going to learn one word today and that's greater than everything that, you know, that this Rishon ever did in his whole life so you, know, you could take it to the extreme but if if the Arizal will tell Reb Chaim Vital that a small deed in the 16th century was greater than many great Masim in earlier generations, then could you imagine how valuable every single thing that we do in our times is? And that's a great encouragement. So Reb Yosef gave the following mashal. The mashal is a princess. She's in the palace, and a guy wants to get audience with the princess. So he figures, I don't know, I'll bring the princess uh, a piece of steak, a slice of pizza. So he goes into the palace, he says, uh, What, you want a piece of pizza? Here's some pizza with par of pepperoni. And the princess says, Are you kidding me? You call this food? I have the finest chefs and cooks here in the palace. This this is is dog food compared to what they feed me here in the palace. What, What are you offering? Get this out of here. Disgusting. What do you mean? You bought this two hours ago. It's already cold. I don't eat food like that. I have personal chefs. They bring me the food like, you know, the steaks that are sizzling on the plate. Get this, get lost. Hey, he, she calls the dog over and the dog, the royal dog, eats the food. But then there's a rebellion in the palace. And the princess is in captivity. And she's in a dungeon. She's in a pit. And she's wallowing in the pit. And she's languishing in the pit. And she has nothing to eat. And she's starving. And she's dehydrated. And a guy comes and brings her a measly peanut butter and jelly sandwich. When the princess is released, she rewards this person very handsomely. Why? Because the princess is in captivity. And she doesn't have any of her treats. And she doesn't have any of her delicacies. And her luxuries. And she's languishing. And whatever is brought to her is uh, unbelievable. It says, Rabbi Vadi Yosef, when the base Hamikdash stood and God was in his palace, if you wanted to find favor in the eyes of Hashem, boy, did you need to do an amazing mitzvah. But in our measly times, Shchina begalusa, the Shchina is in exile, and K'v'yachol V'Ani B'Soich HaGoyla, in captivity, any little mitzvah that a Jew does today, is so precious in the eyes of Hashem. Any limud Hatara, any any tefillah Kavana, any act of zahirus in Kedusha, when a person is faced with a temptation, and they say, you know what, I'm going to look away. That is so precious in the eyes of Hashem, much greater than the greatest carbon in the times of the Besamekdash stud. So these are a few teachings of the Ari. We think about the Ari, you think... Uh, you know, all kinds of mysticism, but some of these ideas are so basic, whether it's the importance of birchas ha-nehenin b'kabana, simcha and recognizing that every small mitzvah we do is valuable in the eyes of Hashem. So we should be zoicha, on this day, Hey av the neshama of the Arizal, should be, have an aliyah, and should be a mail for all of Kali Yisrael, ad